phase three study involving 400 patients with relapsed or refractory follicular non-Hodgkin's lymphoma has shown that a single infusion of radio-labeled ibrutumumab can prolong time to disease progression. After induction therapy, patients were randomized to receive either no further treatment or the targeted consolidation therapy, and complete and molecular remission rates were high with low toxic side effects. I spoke with Anton Hagenbeek. What we did is we uh, uh, invited patients with advanced stage follicular lymphoma that we know that we cannot cure by today's means, and they were induced into a remission with combination chemotherapy. Uh, as we usually do if a patient is in need of treatment. In the last fifth of the study also patients were allowed to be enrolled that were induced with rituximab in combination with chemotherapy. And then the patient that reached a partial remission or a complete remission, they were randomized at that point of time the study started, so from that point of time onwards we calculated progression-free survival. Uh, those patients were randomized between one single infusion of zevalin versus observation, so we had more than 200 patients in each arm to draw meaningful conclusions. You've had this targeted radiotherapy approach in one arm and just observation in, exactly. in the other arm. Exactly. So what did you see? Well, the, 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 the end point, the primary end point of the study was uh, an increase in progression-free survival. And as I said before, we observed a two years increase in progression-free survival from 13 months to 37 months. Or you should even add eight months for the induction treatment period with chemotherapy. If you go for the patients that reached a complete remission after induction chemotherapy and randomized those between Zevalin versus observation, we even observed a 55-month progression-free survival in the Zevalin-treated group, so close to six years uh, enjoying progression-free survival after a single infusion of Zevalin. And I think that is really uh, dramatic data in the positive sense of the word. How well tolerated was the Zevalin? Yeah, good question. There was, of, there's of course a lot of experience with Zevalin in terms of the side effects, and the major side effects are hematologic toxicity because the antibody also circulates through the bone marrow cavities where the yttrium 90 radiates stem cells to death. So what we have observed, that was not a surprise, is a uh, temporary uh, drop in platelet counts till a nadir of 50-50 times 10 to the 9 per liter around week six to seven. Some patients uh, needed platelet transfusion because of grade 4 platelet toxicity. We didn't lose any patients to bleedings. And the second thing was of course the neutropenia uh, till a level of 1 times 10 to the 9 per liter, so not extremely low, that was the nadir, median nadir count. And in some patients GCSF was given to solve that problem. Uh, hemoglobin levels nearly uh, did not decrease significantly. Uh, so, uh, as far as hematologic toxicity is concerned, that was easily manageable and predictable and not different from Zevalin in bulky disease. Because this, remember that this was the first study where we tested the concept of radiomunotherapy in minimal residual disease, and it works. Encouraging results that you're seeing here. Would you say the world should go out and prescribe Zevalin to all follicular non-Hodgkin's no, no, lymphomas no, 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 at this stage? No, no. You're smiling now when you ask this question, that's good, because I smile too. No, I think it would be not realistic to say that this is now standard treatment in first remission. Although for elderly patients that could not stand any further aggressive chemotherapy any longer, or the younger unfit patients, you might really consider to apply this easy-going single infusion of Zevalin, in particular if a patient is in complete remission, because then a patient will enjoy uh, almost uh, uh, five years of progression-free survival. 
for the younger patients we really need to, and that is part of our new studies, uh, the younger patients or the elderly fit patients, we really incorporate cephalin in other uh, well-known uh, effective treatment modalities uh, in a randomized fashion again to see how we can really further improve the outlook for these patients. So what's the bottom line coming out of this for doctors in practice? Yes, well that this approach is promising in terms of leading to meaningful, long-lasting progression-free survival, in particular if a patient is subjected to cephalin when in remission, and secondly that the toxicity profile was predictable and favourable. Antoine Hagenbeek of the University Medical Centre Utrecht in the Netherlands. And Derek Thorne asked George Canellos for his thoughts on these results. Well, it's certainly uh, significant uh, if you look at the differences between uh, not getting Zevalin and Zevalin in follicular lymphoma. This study was a study that entailed a randomization after the patients achieved a response to a variety of different agents. The induction agent wasn't really specified. So patients got uh, CVP, cytoxin and Kristen prednisone, or if you add uh, adriamycin to that, it's CHOP, some fludarabine combinations, etc. It's well known to have activity. It's well known to be even able to induce remissions in, in patients by itself. And in this particular study, the disease-free survival or progression-free survival more accurately was significantly longer after the dose of radiation that was contained in, in the Zevalin compared to nothing. What we don't have yet is any hint that in this low-grade lymphoma uh, that there is any difference in overall survival. There are very few studies that show a very big significant difference between treatment A and treatment B in randomized trials in follicular lymphoma uh, where uh, a significant survival advantage is shown. Uh, it is a complicated disease uh, in which to uh, do clinical trials because the surrogate may be the progression-free survival, but that isn't clear yet in most studies whether that's an adequate surrogate to uh, indicate uh, a, one treatment being better than the other in saving lives. So, so, I mean, what should be done next with Zevalin? I mean, should we just wait for these results to mature or, or should it be pursued in other ways? Well, there's another trial going on in North America in the Southwest Oncology Group that looks at uh, CHOP rituxan in a randomization that entails the complementary injection of BEXA, which is a radioactive iodine anti-CD20 antibody. And the pilot study for that tr randomized trial was actually published and showed a very long disease-free or progression-free survival associated with doing that. Again, the question really remains, however, is whether or not patients are going to live longer. Could those patients who got chemotherapy and relapse then get the Bexar? And would that cancel out any differences subsequently in survival? Or any other therapy uh, is unclear. But that trial is, going on, is ongoing at the present time. George Canellos from the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute speaking there to Derek Thorne in Atlanta. For the Audio Journal of Oncology, I'm Sarah Maxwell.